With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, I'm Eddie Gibbs and welcome to another episode of Off The Wall, the podcast where we at AI Pro give you a little taste of what goes on over on the payable side of uh, of Anfield Index. And uh, that's something you can try yourself anytime. It's free for seven days. Just head to anfieldindex.com forward slash join. Now, uh, what we're going to look at, it's the obvious thing really, what we're going to look at following that uh, fantastic last minute win over Spurs is the uh, the midfield three, obviously the thing that divides opinion more than anything else on uh, on social media and uh, it's very similar to uh, to what we've had on AI Pro from our contributors as well so I'm going to give you a little bit of a flavour of that uh, this week on Off The Wall and uh, I myself, uh, if anyone follows me on Twitter at Eddie Gibbs, you'll see I even before kickoff was... Uh, a bit raging at this uh, this selection. Uh, I've kind of been uh, been on it all season, and I'm one of those uh, uh, the red mist kind of descends when this midfield three is selected. And it's probably because I listen to the Under Pressure podcast and the various analysts on uh, on Anfield Index. And whenever it's selected, it, it kind of uh, has me uh, sort of boiling over a little bit. My face must go a bit red, and uh, as I say, the red mist does descend. Now, uh, it's no slight on any of the three players. It's just collectively we just don't get to seem the results uh the under pressure guys have already debunked myths in the past about this uh this three firing us to the champions league final and such like that so i mean there there is so many numbers out there and i'm not going to go into all that just now what i'm going to do is i'm going to let the guys on the various shows uh have their say and and then let you Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. Uh, the best way is on Twitter at Anfield Index Pro or at Anfield Index on Twitter or better still, uh, join our Discord community where uh, we, we always have a, a thriving debate on all things uh, Liverpool Football Club. And uh, that's free to do. It's uh, anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord. And if you do sign up to the uh, AI Pro free trial, there's various uh, other areas that are unlocked within the uh, discord community as well uh, where you can actually speak to a lot of the podcast contributors and uh, share an extra analysis of liverpool's game so the first thing i'm going to do is throw you uh, in the way of uh, our, our post-match raw podcast so this is a podcast where trev downey dave hendrick harry setti they're the they're the usual three get together and look at the game immediately on the final whistle so without having a, a look at what the managers have to say without looking at the sky sports uh debrief and things like that after the game these guys get together and they have a raw look at the match and uh, it often leads to some heated debate and some uh some quite fascinating uh opinions and uh and analysis as well because it's done so raw so i mean I, I know if you spoke to the guys probably 24 hours after they may have some different opinions who knows but credit to these guys they get together and uh they look at things immediately after the game and they had a an interesting few minutes discussion about the team selection from jürgen klopp and that midfield three so here's trev downey and dave hendrick talking about the midfield three 
And can I just say to our lovely subscribers that, yes, <laughs> we have enough self-awareness to realize that all that matters in a game like this oh, yeah. is that you win. Uh, but, you know, you've come in uh, and joined us here for a bit of analysis, and that's exactly what we're going to try and give you. So let's get into the game. Um, but just before we do, obviously, we look at the teams and the lineups. And listen, Dave, you know, I, I, I do I do want to stress that idea. Look, we've won, and that is absolutely glorious. But I think... You know, it, it's negligent uh, in terms of, of making observations if we don't acknowledge right from the start that um, everybody winced when they saw the trio going out. Um, t- generally on the uh, on the road uh, is when uh, they have been at their most uh, ineffective and sometimes at home it's worked. Um, but nonetheless, you do ask yourself a, a question how how is the guy who's been our best player in in this calendar year uh, not getting his game? And you, again, you put it back to simple things like we didn't know that Shakiri was injured when we were wondering why he would never play him. And you know, I I just allowed maybe okay, there's been some sort of a travel exhaustion or issue, whatever. Okay, you, you put you put it to one side, you go, huh, sorry, we get on with it. And then the game pans out the way it pans out when Fabinho comes on his first two touches, a really incisive, uh, wonderful th- first touch. Uh, forward passes <laughs> you know yeah. and right there you see immediately oh shit yeah and then he's getting his foot in and then he's blocking stuff and then he's covering runs and you go why 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 does Jurgen not see this uh, I, I get, assuming there is no issue and we could be like I say we have to take that Shakiri story that we heard during the week into account but assuming there is no issue, can you see any logical reason at all? It's not about not about bashing the lads who took the field. They can only do what they can do, and and, and we see what they can do. But what's going on in 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 Jurgen's head? Why is he going for that? Like, is there, is there a logical reason that you can see? You know how Theresa May keeps trying to get a vote on the same deal that's already been turned down twice. Yeah, and everybody's told her it's shit. It's the same thing because we've seen that midfield a whole bunch of times. And bar a 25-minute spell against Roma where we completely bypassed them and didn't involve them in the play. And the game against PSG where they played basically six players against our whole team and Di Maria and the front three just took the night off and wandered around and had a look at the cop and whatever else. Uh, It's never worked. And every time it's been played recently, it's been horrendous. And there's no logical reason, because we're much better with Fabinho in the team. We're better defensively with him in the team. We're better going forward with him in the team. We're just more stable. Um, Ginny Wijnaldum raises his level when Fabinho's in the team. And I don't want to lump on him, but we are significantly worse when Jordan Henderson's in. And and he does make those around him a little bit worse. But um, it comes down to a choice for Klopp at the moment because of whatever's going on with Naby of... Henderson or Milner because Fabinho for the rest of this season has got to play every single minute. He has got to play every single minute. He is as important to us right now as Virgil van Dijk. 100%. I honestly thought he was going to be one of those ones who had had a, a strained testicle or something ahead of the international break so that he wouldn't have to go. That's yeah. how central I was thinking, that Kloppo was thinking, that Fabinho is. And yet we rock out today without him. 
So that was a little taste of our post-match Raw podcast. And a show that comes out around 24 hours after the game is uh, Rate Don't Hate. And this is uh, Kay along with uh, Tom Holmes and uh, Adam Petruccioni. And they're rating every player that played for Liverpool between 1 and 10. And then they're comparing it to the various media outlets that also rate the players. The likes of the Anfield Wrap, uh, our own uh, Anfield Index uh, ratings, and the likes of uh, This Is Anfield. So this and the Echo as well, I think their ratings are also included. So this is what these guys do. They do it after every game. They do a phenomenal job. It's a really interesting show, something completely different to, to anything I've really heard out there. And uh, they have a really good discussion on this midfield three and they take it into all sorts of areas. They they talk about obviously Fabinho not starting. They talk about the importance of him. They even talk about the training and the recent uh, selection of Adam Lalana. They also take it into some areas on Naby Keita as well and his non-selection. So let's take it away and listen to a bit of Rate Don't Hate for the next few minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't have that much time to spend, and I want to move on to the midfield because there's obviously a lot to discuss there. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Um, the Anfield Rap made a really nice comment, if I'm reading it correctly, within their ratings. <laughs> it's essentially, that they've they've alluded to the fact that this midfield tends to do fine until it doesn't, and then just falls apart really badly. You know, I, I mean, that's a, I thought that was a really really nice comment, sort of for what we're thinking about. You know, it it does work. On occasion, and if it, but if it doesn't, there's just no response to it. There's no response to anything that we do. Let's just go through the the ratings here quickly. So I'll start with Jordan Henderson. We've got four fives. That's five from Adam, five from Tom, five from Ollie, five from This Is Anfield, and six is from the Echo and the Anfield Rap. Lowest rating on the day by a six, a subscribers. A six from the Anfield Rap is is from, not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is he, he scored the lowest. Uh, on the AS subscribers account, 4.2. I go over to Genie Wijnaldum. Three sixes from the Anfield rap. This is Anfield and the Echo. Six also from Adam and five from Marley. Five from Tom. 5.4 from AS subscribers. And if I may, I saw the, the passing map he had. Josh, Josh Williams at distance covered on Twitter had shared this absolutely incredible passing map. I've never seen anything like it. It just, it just did nothing apart from passing a, like very, much backwards towards the sort of big direction of Virgil van Dijk is absolutely incredible. And then James Milner, who's got a mixed bag of the midfield, is he's attracted the, the single highest rating from the Echo with a seven. He's got sixes from this is Anfield, the Anfield, uh, the Anfield rap, and Tom five from Adam, five point two from the AI subscribers. He's also attracted the lowest score of anybody in the, <laughs> in the ratings today. Ollie's given him a four. <laughs> It's a real mixed bag, but we, I, I, I come back to that comment from the Anfield Rap. It's fine until it all falls apart, and then we just have nothing, it seems. We just have nothing to be able to tweak it with, to be able to do. It needs to be changed in order for the situation to be made better. I will start with you, Adam. What do you think of our midfield and what it was doing on the day? <laughs> oh, God. I mean... You know, it's almost like they're just one entity. These three, they, they're just like <laughs> we might as we might as well grade them together. I basically did, but uh, this is what happens if the Borg plays. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really, as we were just sort of touching on earlier, I mean, they're given one job to do. They basically don't. They don't have to progress the ball. They don't have to create anything. All they have to do is win the ball back. And if they're not winning the ball back. That's a problem. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and the first half, I thought the whole, the whole organism for Liverpool worked relatively well. And, you know, I, 
part of that, I think, was that Trent and Bobby came out with their hair on fire. Um, you know, but the rest of the team was doing their part as well. And then I just, yeah, like, like they're saying, I mean, when it goes bad, it goes bad. And these guys just, you know, the reason they're in there is to cover a ton of distance and to put in like a ton of effort and all that stuff. And, you know, for a variety of reasons, some, some age, some injuries, some wear and tear, just like overuse. Um, you can point to different things with each of those three, but if they can't, if they're in there to, to cover an exceptional amount of distance and, and with an incredible amount of speed and that drifts by 10%, you're in trouble because they can't do anything else. And so that was kind of the story on the day. And like, like we said in the beginning, I just don't know. Obviously the, obviously the, the, behind the scenes the team has to know the, the staff has to know that that's the case they got to know that these guys are worn out as hell uh you know it's from playing international duty and everything um and just the way the Klopp, what, what he demands over the course of a season what he demands over multiple seasons it's just not realistic that that these three need new blood in there we have 100 million dollars of new blood sitting on the bench why they're not used I don't know. I just, I just, I'm praying that it doesn't cost us and that we're able to get one trophy out of the season. Um, and that people don't look back at this and just wonder what could have been because, uh, yeah, you're just going to see a lot more of this. They're, they're trying, they're trying their ass off, but they just don't have the legs to, to at least go into the second half. It's just not, that's not happening anymore. I, I, I get the strategy because if we can press like hell, Obviously, that's what the team sort of built around, but um, that's not the only thing that we can do anymore. So I just, I just wish Klopp would take another look at it. But uh, you know, we'll probably see a different team against Porto, and you know, maybe that'll prove to him that uh, if, if we come out of the day the way I think we will, hopefully that'll prove to Klopp that he needs to change his mind a little bit. Yeah, but it was I, I totally I agree with what Adam is saying there, Tom. But I, I, I feel a bit more than that. It wasn't just the physical side of what they were doing. I thought Henderson, Genie did not protect the backline the way that they should. Um, Guy, uh, actually on the NKS part, was making uh, a point that maybe James Milner was a bit better than his uh, his other midfield compatriots in doing the defensive work. I just don't like what he did in the midfield. He just he just kept on charging forward and not getting into the tackle and leaving huge spaces behind. And that you know that in turn means somebody else has to cover his position. Exactly. Obviously, quite vulnerable. Yeah, they just—they just can't—they just, just, can't, just can't quite get there. And, and if you're built yeah, on the press, of, yeah. But I, I, in addition to the physical side, it just—it also—I mean, those things are not just physical. It seems to me like you need that. But I mean, you—you, I—I struggle to use the word intelligence. It's not just that. But it's—you're right, Adam. It's not just their fault. You know, it's not just these individual players' fault. It's a dynamic between them individually. They're fine players. Absolutely fine players, and they can all, at very, very least, play a good uh, position as a squad player. At the very, very least, but it's just when the dynamic comes together. I mean, right, Tommy? It just feels like something's wrong. I mean, a lot of that is down to Klopp. I thought tactically they were just all over the place. Um, but I mean, you want a moment that's symptomatic of the issues. You just look at the goal. Um, when the free kick's taken, all three of them are, are basically ahead of the play. 
And then there's a chasm of about 40 yards between our back four and the rest of the team. And I think it's very, very telling that Sadio Mane is the, the left-sided player that end up, ends up getting close and making an interception, not James Mane, who's nowhere near. It's just, I just found it so, so strange that you've got that situation there where you've got three central midfielders who are all completely absent when your team is trying to defend a goal. And I just think it, I said yeah. it, as I said, yeah, I said for, it in front for, of for some, for some parts of that lead up to the goal, Mo was like five yards from his own end line. I mean, it was, I thought it was a crazy, crazy sequence there, Tom. It, it was just mad. I, I mean, you look at, as I said at the start, you know, you look at that Spurs team and their midfield is Musa Sissoko. That's it. Like, Christian Eriksen and, okay, to be fair, Deli Ali is an absolute monster who is somehow both. He's basically Bobby Firmino in that he's an incredible central defensive midfielder and an incredible second striker both at the same time, and it's brilliant. But their midfield is held together by paper and string, and we put in three midfielders who are basically bioengineered to only be good at winning a midfield battle and controlling a midfield battle because they can't really defend and they can't really attack. And somehow we get completely and utterly overrun in midfield. And I just think, yeah... Clearly Klopp got something wrong there, and Poch's adjustments were fantastic second half. But equally, the midfielders weren't offering anything positive in the first half. They would, you know, they were doing the job, but you know, at what point is doing a job sort of be is it at what point is doing a job enough? You know, when you're looking at that game going, okay, what did Henderson offer in a creative sense? What did Van Adam offer in a creative sense? What did Milner offer in a creative sense? Milner offered a little bit, the other two almost nothing. And that's fine, you know. We know, you know, you're going to get that. But when, when they're not really offering anything defensively either, when they're giving the ball away cheaply in midfield, when they're getting beaten easily in midfield, when they're not able to control the game at all, and when we are, it's one thing to be reliant on the fullbacks and to play a midfield that supposedly gives the fullbacks the opportunity to play as best they can, but it's another thing entirely when the fullbacks are basically having to bail out the midfield, because. You know, it's and, a rough and the wingers. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know. And the other thing, to your point, Kay, is that um, you know, I think I think it's a belief thing as well. And and last season when the press was incredible, um, I think everybody believed that the other guy was going to get there. You know, and you sort of have to believe that the one guy is going to nick the ball for you to be in position. And if you're in position, then you're going to be able to get the team on the break. And <laughs> You know, it's, it's, we're almost a full season past that. And I just think that there's not as much belief anymore that X player is going to get there. And then you, and then you don't run forward into that position. It's sort of contagious as well, you know? So it's, it's, I think it's both physical and mental, just like you're saying, you know, and I just think, I think some of these guys are just worn out. But the good news is that we have, you know, new guy, new blood in this team that has, that doesn't have to rely on that. And so it's just a matter of whether Klopp is going to utilize those guys or not. As far as, far as I'm concerned, and as I said before, this isn't about the three, because I think individually they're fine. And as you guys have said, you know, it's not even necessarily that they played individually badly. I just think it's the case that Fabinho has to play. Like, we've been saying this before. Like Fabinho gives you a minimum 7 out of 10 every time he, every time he starts. He's a fantastic cent- central defensive midfielder. So if you're looking for someone just to be a bit safer and to be stronger defensively and to cover the space a bit better. Fabinho is your guy. Like, I think Fabinho would have been perfect for this game. And that's the thing that's kind of frustrating me the most. You know, it's not even about, you know, as far as I'm concerned, pick, you know, take out 
Hendo or Genie. Either of them would be fine. Like I think Hendo, a Hendo Genie double is fine. A Hendo uh, Fab double is fine. But if you're going for that three in midfield, you've got to have a way to make it work. And I think Klopp's plan was clearly sort of to try and bypass the midfield, thinking, oh, Spurs haven't got a midfield. We can just play with no midfield as well. Stretch the play by putting Milner and Genie wide. And to be fair, that worked reasonably well. But then Potts reacted. And the problem was that neither Genie nor Milner really offered that much from the wide areas. All it basically did was facilitated Robbo and Trent, which is fine to an extent. But as I say, you're still then reliant on Hendo and Trent doing, sorry, Robbo and Trent being brilliant rather than actually getting the best out of your midfield. And then in the second half, Poch adjusted. And Poch adjusted before the second half even started. And it took Klopp mm. half an hour to react. But more to the point, I think the players on the pitch didn't really have an answer either. And I think, you know, it's all well and good getting tactically done, which we did to an extent. But I think the players have got to do better. I think, you know, you, yeah. if you put better players in those six, And even when Fab came on, Genie was still non-existent. Right. The midfield and that's, still didn't that's, really that's where you That's where you really get... That's where Genie's really at fault because of those three. Like he can he can change what type of game he's playing just by snapping his fingers. He has that ability. But you know, and when when you see good Genie, he does that and he takes he takes over matches at times because he can bring the ball forward and that's just that's why that's such an important skill to have. But if he's not gonna, he's not going to use it. It's just it's just frustrating. He's ob- he's ob- again, he's obviously being told not to use it, and I don't mind that. You like know, what I'm, could be? What's what's the downside? There's no downside of him carrying, especially when we've got a setup where we're, we're either completely bypassing the midfield and the center backs have to do the work of the midfield, or the full, or it's just get the ball out to the full backs and then see what happens from there. I mean, how is a downside to have one midfielder who can just run, <laughs> who can just advance the ball by himself? Like it's not like he gets himself in terrible positions, like like Matip does when he runs forward. It's just like. I don't know. It's, there's just so many odd things to the season, and the, and the Cato thing—that's a full-blown scandal at this point. I mean, like the fact, the fact that Klopp, only Klopp, he's the only manager who would ever get away with like what's happening there. That's just absolutely insane. And like just any other situation, any other combination of club and manager, and um, this would be in the papers five times a day. You know, and. and uh, that's uh, just, just bizarre and, uh, and amazing amazing that he's able to deflect it to the point where nobody really pins him down on exactly what's happening there. I wouldn't go that far on Cater. I do think it's frustrating, but it's clear that he's not got a handle on the system the way that Fab has, but that's the frustrating thing. That's the thing I don't get, right? But Fabinho clearly does get the system at this point because he's clearly played well in the system multiple times in big games as well. So he clearly does understand what's required and he's clearly very, very good at it. That's the thing that's kind of getting frustrating with me because I can I can understand the Cater thing because to an extent he's not necessarily played particularly well consistently. He's had really good moments and I do think he's played well a few times, but he's not set the world alight. Whereas Fab, you know, everyone it's almost universally acknowledged at this point that Fab is just our best midfielder. And I, I personally I don't think it's a debate. You, I don't. You think, could I see don't... it when he came on, right? You could see it like when he came onto the field. Maybe it's a good time to discuss him because. He's got extraordinary ratings for a, for a substitute, right? I mean, that's, he got eight <laughs> from AA subscribers, eight from Adam, eight from Ollie, eight from the Anfield rap, 7.5 from This Is Anfield. He, he came on and immediately, immediately 
looked like he was in charge of the midfield. He immediately had a presence. He was winning headers. He was winning tackles. And it's, it's not like he came on and scored or assisted. I mean, those are exceptional ratings for somebody who's done neither of those two things. And yet he's ended up with an AI average of 7.5, overall average of 7.58. That is, that is really good ratings. And I think that's just a recognition of what he did. He just gave the midfield structure and definition just with his sort of almost very presence. I just think it's... I. I just don't get it. I mean, I mean that's the thing. Like, I can understand the Cater thing, and I can understand that because it makes sense from a point of view of Klopp is Klopp, especially in recent weeks, has been trying to be a little more safe with his midfield, and I get that. Like, I can understand the, the basis behind it, and I can understand. Maybe keep the midfield away from Lovren. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, there's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the, other thing, I think... the other thing is, I think there's clearly something going on behind the scenes because there's clearly something going on in training as well because you know the kinds of rumours and the kind of, you know, the whole idea that he might just might not play is just very, very weird. There's clearly something going on there and Klopp making his comments about Lalana training really well, yeah. clearly like I think there's something going on there, but with Fab there isn't anything going on at this point. That's the way it's It's possible that Kato's just not a great training player but like uh, you had to know you know that. You had to know that. It's impossible that we didn't know that or what what his personality is and what the personalities of everybody that comes within 10 feet of this guy. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure all that investigative work was done before that kind of transfer, but it's crazy. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Fabinho, it's, I'm looking at his stat lines. It's, there's nothing that stands out. But when you watch them, it really changed the game, you know? Yeah, no, I think, it's, I think it is worth noting at this point, you know, Klopp's done a really good job. And I think, you know, the yeah, team yeah, at the moment is okay. playing pretty well. And it's only been the sort of the last couple of months where we've seen a few performances that have been a bit below par and a few results that have been a bit below par. And if we're being honest, the majority of those were a little bit under duress, either missing Bobby or, you know, the two 1-1 one, one draws in January were mostly sort of January, February. They were A lot of that was just down to the bad luck of the food poisoning, if we're being completely fair. But yeah. this game in particular, I think you just I it, I don't I can understand why he played a more defensive midfield in this in this game. But what I then don't fathom is how if you're looking at a defensive midfield, Fab isn't the first name on the team sheet. I mean Fab's be the first midfielder midfield name on the team sheet anyway. So there we go. That was a, a segment of Rate Don't Hate. Uh, as with any of these shows, you can go and listen to these shows in their entirety and all our other shows on Anfield Index uh, Pro. It's uh, www.anfieldindex.com forward slash join to go and get your seven day free trial. Now, the final show that I'm going to let you have a listen to is uh, 10 minutes or so from Tactics Weekly. Now, Dan Rhodes of, uh, of our Under Pressure podcast, he hosts this show. And this week he was joined by uh, Hamza, our tactics guru, and also the head coach of Miami FC, Mr. Paul Dow leash now uh i said to paul paul contacted me after this game said he thought i was a bit harsh on the uh on the midfield three of uh henderson when Aldum and uh melna uh, myself on twitter which i've accepted i was probably overly harsh red mist and all that now paul has an altogether different take on why jürgen klopp selecting this uh midfield three and this is where this is where we get the gold if you like this is the the, the contrast in opinions of someone that works inside the game and others that watch the game as fans or analyze the game uh, by numbers so it was really interesting to hear paul's different take on it and obviously Hamza gets involved in this as well and there's far more discussion about what happens off the ball and also a look at the opposition and what Tottenham what Pochettino did which may have affected the midfield's uh, 
output and certainly both from a defensive and an attacking uh, point of view. So let's let the Tactics Weekly guys have their say now and uh, you guys can let us know what you think. So here we go. Tactics Weekly with Paul Dalgleish and Dan Rhodes and Hamza. Right, let's let, let, let's go straight back to the lineups. And again, once this, whenever this midfield is picked, Paul, it comes in for a lot of criticism on social media. Let's be honest. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, to be honest, it, it's you know th- this. I, I understand. I like I like Fabinho. I think the only person that people wanted to play was Fabinho. Um, and you know it's Fabinho plus two. I think that people want. I think in in people's eyes, Fabinho's our most important midfield player, and, and I, I do agree. agree. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I well, but. I, when you actually, I've done a lot, a lot of analysis of, of Liverpool, at, um, and look, Fabinho started against, um, he started against Fulham, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I can yeah. check. He, um, have a look. He did with Wijnaldum and Lallana. Right. So all, all I'm, all I'm saying to you is, is, that was a much closer scare than the game. What people, what people do is they, they, it, it's outcome based analysis. And, and listen, Fabinho is great. He, he is. I think he's going to be, I think our long term midfielders have said as often as people will listen to me is going to be Wijnaldum, Fabinho and Keita. I do, but I don't think that's our best midfield just now for these big games that, that Jurgen wants to play in. Um, I think that the discipline of Wijnaldum and, uh, Henderson and, uh, Milner is why Jurgen Klopp picks them. If people don't like what they're doing in the game, it's not their fault. They're doing what the manager wants them to do. I'm, I'm, I've managed to get a lot of, I've done a lot of analysis. I had a week off last week and I've done a lot of analysis of, of the Liverpool midfield three. And defensively, those three do exactly what they're meant to do, um, in, in all aspects of, of the game. And Jurgen Klopp himself has said that 75, 80% of his tactics are defensive. Although we, although we, we are a, a great attacking force. Most of the work that he does on the training ground is, is defensive. The problem that people have when they watch the game is most people just watch what people do when they've got the ball or when the ball's near them. They don't watch what, what they do when the ball's not anywhere near them. And I think that's where the argument comes from, from, uh, the midfield three. Um, the, the other thing that people need to bear in mind when they're thinking about Fabinho is Alisson was, where, where did Brazil play? Cause he was away with Brazil, right? He was. I'm not sure he played though. I think he he was, was away the with them though. He was yeah, away yeah. with them. Oh yeah, he was definitely there. He was there, and yes, Firmino did all right in the game, but Allison was poor. You know, it's it, it's like that. It's like being after. Uh, you don't know how how he's come back from being away with Brazil. You don't know how any of the international players have come back. And the one thing about Jürgen, as we've just found out with Shakiri, is he's not going to come out and tell you if somebody's felt something or somebody's not 100% ready to play. In this, this season, Milner, Henderson and Ronaldo, Klopp started them in the, in the Champions League in the away games against Manchester City twice. 
against Chelsea, Leicester away, and Southampton at home. Huge game there. He's also he's also started them in a lot more games than that. In the in the previous seasons and Champions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, he started like what you'll do is to 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 back up your argument, you'll point out all the times that the team's lost. Um when these three have started. No, no, I'm not making any argument. I'm right. saying Klopp trusts them in those big One hundred percent he does. And and there's a reason not. why he trusts them, because they do exactly what Klopp wants them to do. When we lost total control of the game once once we made the substitutions at seventy seven minutes, but we'll we'll go into that later. Um, and we got we got lucky at the end, but it's it, I I think that there's two ways that you can control the game. You can control the game with the ball, and you can c- control the game without the ball. And Liverpool's pressing tactics are so important, and the positioning that you need to be in when you're pressing are so important that these three players do exactly what Jurgen wants them to do. I agree, Hamza. What did you make of the lineups and, and Spurs in particular as well? Because they went to three or five at the back. Depends how you want to look at it. Uh, yeah, I was a bit surprised by what Spurs did. Uh, the five-three-two. Um, they're playing it really flat at times, which gave us loads of space in the wide areas. So we could really sort of exploit that. Um, but I think for the first half, that actually suited us, and the midfield wasn't really a problem for the first half, uh, as maligned uh, as they are, because. The onus was on the fullbacks, and the fullbacks did their job excellently. Uh, because the space was in wide areas, the midfield didn't really need to sort of exert themselves on the game. They could get the ball into the wide areas. Uh, Mane was coming inside. Salah was coming inside. Uh, Trippier didn't know whether to, to, to get out to the man or whether to stay tight. He probably should have moved out because they already had a, a three-man midfield in front of the, the back five. So, so his indecision allowed us opportunities to, to have, well, Robertson in particular, opportunities to get on the ball, cross the ball in, get his head up. The same for Trent as well. I thought uh, the midfield in, in that regard, th- there is no no real negative impact on him in the first half. Switching the second half, well. Switching yeah, well. Exactly. In, in the second half, it's a different story because they changed system. Uh, so they moved Rose up. And the well, they changed system. they changed system in the first half as well, Hamza. The, 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 the first the first, no, no, the first The first half, the first half, they... Um, they started the game in the 5-3-2. Liverpool were brilliant for about 25 minutes. And Spurs were actually took control of the game in the second part of the second half. And what they did was they Liverpool were getting the ball in midfield. And they were, because our front three were pinning their back five back, so uh, because of the position of Mane and Salah, they ended up defending with the five. And what that happened, because they were pinned back the two wing-backs, it left a massive space either side of their midfield three that they couldn't cover. And what we were doing is we were getting the ball in central areas and we were hitting diagonals and we were hitting switches and our, our fullbacks weren't as high as they normally are. They were kind of half and half between a defensive position and, and an and attacking position. And we were finding them and we were going side to side and it, it made their midfield three run too much. And then when you go left and right one or two times, then the gaps appear. And that's why we looked so dominant and dominant in the middle of the game. Now, Pochettino was suspended for the game, but he was obviously watching the game from a higher viewpoint. With sat next to someone with a laptop and all the replays. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's terrible. No, I think that's the best way to watch a football game. I I think if you get 
punch if you're getting punished for doing something wrong. Yeah, I get, I, 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 I get that, but I don't know why more managers don't do that as a as a um, yeah, starting exactly. point exactly. And, and have exactly. somebody have their assistant on the touchline. I don't know. I, I genuinely, especially the managers that don't stand on the touchline and coach like a Jurgen Klopp, the ones that kind of sit back and are more analytical. Why wouldn't you be up there with all that data at your fingertips? Um, but what they did was they changed to a flat four in midfield. So they brought in Deli Ali and Sissoko to a two in midfield. And then they put, uh, Lucas was playing underneath, um, Kane to start. And then what they did, they moved him to one side and put Ericsson on the other side. And what it allowed them to do was defend the width of the pitch much better. And that, that got them through to half time. Uh, it got them control back of the game. It got them through to half time where Pochettino could get them in and totally change his system again to a back four. Um, so it was, it was, uh, fascinating to watch how dominant Liverpool could were to start with. And then one tactical change, uh, later all of a sudden lose control of the game. And and I don't think Liverpool had control of the game after the first 25 minutes. I think Spurs did. So there we have it, folks. That was Tactics Weekly. What did you think about that? Do get in touch. Do let us know what you think. I already gave you the info. I'll give it again. We're uh, on Twitter, at Anfield Index Pro, or at Anfield Index. We're on Discord. Brilliant community. Come and get involved, Liverpool fans. It's some amazing chat and discussion goes on there. It's anfieldindex.com forward slash Discord to sign up to that. And if you do want to listen to any of our shows on Anfield Index Pro, it's very easy to do. Anfieldindex.com forward slash join. Seven days, completely free. If you don't like what we output, then just cancel it. There is no obligation whatsoever to continue. But we're sure if you're uh, someone that loves Liverpool Football Club and you're enjoying this uh, this running, and why wouldn't you be? Then uh, there's no better place to be and listening to some of the shows that we we have put together for you. We have great fun making them, and we're sure you will enjoy listening to them. And uh, that will start now. Our, our build up to. Uh, the Southampton match on Friday night will be well underway I'm sure we'll have our all our usual contributions and before that we'll also have that flagship show under pressure our stats show and these guys will be breaking down that Spurs game and I'm absolutely fascinated to hear what they have to say on that so do get yourselves over anfieldindex.com forward slash join you'll be able to listen to this week's under pressure completely free of charge in its entirety and uh, there'll be the pressing stats uh, Dan Kennett's already had his say on Twitter on this and it'll be interesting to hear that vocalised uh, on the audio output of under pressure and I'll as I say, our build-up then will be right into the Southampton game. Uh, at some point, we'll have uh, Jan Mulby. At some point, again, we'll have uh, Sakeni Dalglish. Uh, we'll have all our build-up, and uh, I'm sure it'll be an exciting uh, exciting range of shows to, to come your way in the, in the build-up to that game. And then all of this kicks off again. Post-match roll rate, don't hate Tactics Weekly. They'll all be out again straight after the Southampton game, and the steamroller will continue, and let's hope that it's part of a charge, a big charge. Let's hope that Liverpool can end this run. Is it written in the stars? Let's hope so. Uh, and until next time, up the Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.